This is the Marketing Intern Spotlight, where we are committed to unlock how every marketing intern has an innate ability to be an entrepreneur, motivator, and influencer. Barstool, I'll do you guys. That's basically it. Yeah, dude, hell yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, let's actually. This is this has been a. Uh, um, I don't know what the right term is. I'm blanking on it, but it's been a story awaiting. Like you, we've we've been meaning to have you on for a while. It's just been finding the right time, yeah. and I think this format is even better for our sake and your sake. It's less formal, but also like super passionate about like you and your. Been, Absolutely. Yeah, you've been with us through the start and continuing to listen to all our episodes. I mean, we thank you for that. And this is just what you've earned this spot, man. You've earned it. <laughs> thank you, guys. Dude, let's leave, let's leave them in like that. That's perfect. So, I, appreciate, I appreciate you guys having me on here. Absolutely. Um, to get right into it, let's give a little background about Ryan Downing. So I know him through my cousin. That's how I first got to know him, and then we became friends, and now I've learned a lot about your industry, and you followed us through the start, as we've mentioned before. Um, so if you want to provide a little bit of background of uh, who you are and how you come to uh, know us on the back pocket. Sounds good. Yeah, I, uh, my name is Ryan Downing. I also go by DJ Specs. I work as a business analyst at a software company called Integrated Document Technologies. I do like work in project management and uh, business analysis and stuff like that. And then um, I went to Marquette University for four years, graduated in 2017, and got into DJing while I was there. And I've been doing that on the weekends ever since. So I, I'm from outside of Chicago, but I hop between Milwaukee and Chicago a bunch, and um, basically just keep been busy and and living my best life. I think that's a great and positive way to put it because, you know, we're 22 and we try and tell people that same thing. And I think what's going on with a lot of 22, 23, maybe even 24 year olds is like, we don't really know what the hell we're doing. And, you know, we're seeing all these other people also not knowing what the hell they're doing. And so it's a really fun time just to see people like get in, get into certain professions, get out of certain professions, follow their passions. You know, it's, it's a crazy time to be alive, so you know we're right there with you. It really is. Like I'm, I'm sitting here, like just trying to uh, do every single thing I can. Like who knows where I'm going to be in like two, three years, but like I'm going to keep doing what I love. And I know like kids who have, uh, like my age, 23, 24, and they've been through three different jobs just because they don't know what they want. So we're all in the same spot, and we're all in this together, I guess. Mm-hmm. And one thing that you does need to be noted and this has kind of been a theme with the marketing intern spotlight it doesn't have to be the theme but it's we've noticed it is this side hustle aspect i mean you're doing this thing uh, monday through friday and paying the bills with that job it's probably not something that you love or super passionate about but you know but you know it enough that you can contribute to the company and then on the weekends you're going to absolutely passion mode and it's dj and as dj specs and that's what i want to touch on because that's what you love and that and that's kind of like what we are trying to hit home on is this side hustle. Sounds good to me. Yeah, that's who I am. I am DJ Specs. I've been DJ Specs for like the last four or five years now. And uh, 
it's it's been a kind of a grind, but it's only gonna it's only going up from here, especially since I moved out of Milwaukee and now I gotta I gotta make a name for myself in Chicago as well. Mm -hmm. So to give our marketing interns a little background, DJ Specs, DJ S P E X, uh, That's and right. they can find you on. They can find me on SoundCloud on uh, Facebook.com slash Specs Music, MixCloud.com slash Specs Music, and SoundCloud.com slash DJ Specs Official. That's right. Right on. Wow, that's sweet, dude. So how did you get into DJing? Because, you know, it's it's one of those where, you know, everyone's kind of has a friend who's a DJ. I think that's, right. that's, how, I, that's how I see it. It's like, oh, you, you're throwing a party? I know a guy. Um, right. so how did you get into that profession? Cause I mean, I love bumping the music and everything. I care about the DJ. Yeah. So yeah, I'll tell you a little about bit about how, like I got started and how it actually turned into something that, that is, can bring some money in. So I, uh, I started off like when I was a senior in high school, I was 2013. Jeez, I feel old. Uh, 2013, my friends and I started listening to like the, like when progressive house music was like in like Avicii levels, uh, Alesso, Swedish House Mafia, stuff like that. And like I was never really into like the DJ thing, but I would see these guys in concert and be like, this is a completely different world. Like those raves that people, now all the children are going to, but like it wasn't as common back then. But anyway, I went on to Marquette and I would like continue to listen to that music. And then I found this uh, small controller about like this big with like two little discs on it, like five little knobs. And I was just like, let's mess around in my dorm room. It cost me like 80 bucks. So I was like, like I plug it into uh, to one of those Beats pills that are like this big. And I just sit at my desk and like kind of play around. And uh, my roommate got annoyed of, of me, but like I was just sitting with my headphones in after that and just like kind of play around. And then I was like, I'm kind of getting good at this. Like we'd have freshman year, we'd have uh, like dorm parties. Kids would come in there and I'd sit at my desk like a dork. And I just, like, start spinning knobs. Eventually, I, uh, after I had, like, the on-campus job in the kitchen or whatever, I made a little bit more money and got a, one that was a little bit bigger that I could actually plug into, like, bigger speakers. And a couple of my friends are like, hey, come, like, do our parties. Like you, like you just said, like, everybody's got that one friend who's a DJ. I guess that started to turn into me. So uh, my friends are like, you, okay, you have kind of a little knack for this. You should probably go around to bars and ask like Milwaukee's a big city so there's bars everywhere nightlife scenes incredible and uh and so I went to I went downtown to like where all the Marquette bars were or not just Marquette UWM downtown Milwaukee and uh but I wasn't 21 so I couldn't get into any of these places I had to knock on their doors like a Girl Scout at in the middle of the afternoon and be like, hey, could I DJ here? They're like, how old are you? I'm just like, I'm 19, I'm 20. They're like, okay, talk to us in five years. I'm just like, all right. So I keep going to the next door, next door. And I I started off at these like smaller places that uh, that not that many people really went to. But it was finally, it was big for me because I got to uh, like do what I love in, in a place. Even if nobody's there, I'm like, finally get to like listen to the music. I feel the bass in my chest. Oh, it's beautiful. And uh and I would drag some of my friends, like, they'd all try to use their fake IDs, get into the bar and stuff. But they're like, okay, now now it's time for you to to play at these, like, bigger bars. And I'm just like, it's not that easy, man. Like, I, I'm still 20 years old. I'm not even legally allowed to be in here. And 
a couple of these club owners like knew that I was I never went up to these guys. I never lied to them. That was the biggest thing. I was just like, listen, I'm 20. I'm literally here to DJ. I'm not here to steal your liquor or anything. I go in and I'm uh, I'm just like, I'm here to play music. All these other people can drink. I'll sit up here. You can give me a bottle of water. I don't really care. And and that they kind of uh, they kind of took me a little bit more seriously when I said that. So uh, I would get let into these places and and I started spinning. I then after uh, like a bar owner would come into a bar that I'm playing at and see kind of a crowd. That's like a big thing in the nightlife industry. They're like, now I want this kid, you know. So I hop around. Now I'm uh, DJing for a company called Wild Planet. And they own like five bars, six bars downtown, Milwaukee, Red, White, and Blue, Pub Club, McGillicuddy's, Red Rock. I've played at all of those places. And those are like big and like uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, even Sunday. They're mobbed every single night. So it's kind of a blessing that I finally get to play at places that uh, are kind of coveted to be at. So I'm very grateful. That's awesome. Uh, one thing that needs to be noted right away is the ability to be authentic in going through this process goes a long way and Mm -hmm. that's what we found right away as well i mean we didn't know exactly how to go about it but we knew that we needed to push our content in a fashion that people would look at us as genuine and you just showing the club or the bar owners that hey man i am 20 years old i know i'm not technically allowed to be in here but i'm not here for that reason I'm here to do a a job. I'm here for my profession and to craft my profession. So I admire that especially. Right. That's right. And uh, another reason to like get authenticity or like kind of be a, or be a DJ who's not going to be like everybody else because anybody can go in and play bad and bougie and the new Cardi B song and be like, Oh, you're just an iPod. I could do that. You know, it's not, it's not like that. So I have to make things that, uh, make it a bit creative towards myself. So like when somebody sees that, they're like, oh, that's kind of different. So uh, the way I started off doing that was I, my energy on stage was like, basically I was at Lollapalooza. So I would like, I would like jump up and down. I get, I like get on the microphone. I would stay, I tend to stay off the microphone a lot more lately, but I still have that like energy that no other DJ has. They tend to just like, especially the older guys who've been doing it for a while, they just kind of stand up, like they smile a little bit, but I'm always like fist pumping, stuff like that. So. I'm, I'm out there to have fun. Uh, that's that's the bottom line, and and I do it every single night I go out there. I play every single set at bars like it is going to be my last one, that's for sure. That's awesome. So how do you feel? So I, I'm, a, I'm a DJ myself. I, uh, I run an ox court at parties, you know, at some point in time. <laughs> so one thing that I struggle with is, you know, understanding the, the mood, the feel. Um, for you, you're going to these big bars, so you're kind of analyzing – at a, at a much bigger scale. How do you right. play, know what kind of music to play and when? Uh, that's, a, that's an excellent question. It takes, uh, I'm still not like perfect at it. It takes the, the most practice. Like anybody can like, not anybody, but like when somebody gets good at like scratching and stuff, that's great. And like everybody likes those sounds to an extent. People don't come there to hear a guy scratch. You know what I'm saying? They want to hear their favorite song at like the right time. So, so I would start off with like kind of, uh, depending on where I am, say like I'm just at like a college bar, for example, that's like the, one of the busiest college bars. I'd start off with like uh, some top 40 music from like five to two years ago and like stuff that like people know, but that's not like the hottest thing right now. And then as the night goes on, you get into more like sing-along songs. You also get into like uh, 
like what's hot at the time. So like the peak of the night, you want to play the song that every single buddy knows, like uh, that Drake song. What in my feelings right now would be a good example. Like the peak of the night, every single girl wants to be singing that song. So it's stuff like that that goes through your mind. The more you do it, uh, the more comfortable you get with doing it, and then you know what songs work and like what songs necessarily don't. When did you get the confidence to start weaving in maybe an unexpected jam that would be like, uh, I don't know if it's going to hit, but I have the confidence in myself that even if it doesn't, I'll be able to roll with the punches. Is that's that something? Right, that's right. Um, I tend to, uh, I tend to um, every now and then, or not every now and then, but at least uh, like four or five times a night, I like to try a song that I haven't tried before because if I don't do that, that means I'm playing the same same I'm playing the same set at a club like every single night, uh, like for the most part I'd say. There's always those sing along songs that uh, you like throw in like for for example, um, Bye 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 or the Spice Girls song, and stuff like that. Like everybody knows that song, everybody's gonna love it no matter when they hear. It. But uh, there's also gonna be songs where you don't know if it's gonna hit, but you gotta give it a try. Like that's when you kind of notice that the room first of all has to be like definitely filled to where uh, if there's only 10 people there, they're all going to leave if they don't like that song. So it's got to be filled up enough, and that's, like, the biggest thing. But also, you got to have just, like, the confidence up there. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and you can get right back out of it and keep going. I like that. And in terms of, like, handling, um, you know, I'm sure people always come up and, like, give you song requests. How do you go about that? Do you like take their song requests, or do you maybe mix in uh, mix it in? Like, are there like right. a lot of on set like DJ work that you really got to work in stuff that people don't always right. see? Yeah, um, you're always gonna get those uh, those drunk idiots at the club who think that like they're like, oh, I'm spending all this money here. You you got to play what I'm what I want like right now, and I'm just like. Listen, I, it's a job, too. It's not, I'm not just your jukebox. I'm not touch tunes. So uh, people ask, somebody asked me to play the new Cardi B song. Somebody asked me to play the new Nicki Minaj song. Like, it's going to get played. Don't worry about it. And, like, if somebody even gives me, like, five bucks to play the new Drake song, I'm be like, no, keep your money because I'm going to play it regardless. But if somebody says, play, like, a, like an oldie, like an outcast song or something, depending on what it is and depending on, like, what the crowd demographic is, I will probably play it, but then if somebody goes and asks me to play like a like a '50s song or something like that, like it's not gonna happen. So I just like I'll go up to them. I'll be like, "Listen, that's just not the vibe at the time." And then most of the time they'll understand. Other times, if they're like super drunk, they'll try to throw a drink at me or something like that. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, they'll probably yell at me and stuff like that. But I, I mean, I've learned to. I've heard it all, or I probably haven't heard it all. But I've heard a lot of it, and I've heard it from my friends, so it's it gets ridiculous. But still, it's it's still a job, and you got to be professional about it. Mm-hmm. And these past two questions kind of have been um, focusing on you know it can be translated into every industry that you're doing. So you, whether right. you're testing content and pushing it out on what what's easiest for us to compare to is this podcast because that's what we do every week, or you have to conform to what people want. And those are difficult things because you want to be yourself, like we mentioned right away. You want to be authentic, but you also want to try new things. And then at the same time, you have to deal with what is expected out of a podcast. It needs to be, you know, semi-formal to a point where a listener will be able to listen and be locked in for 30 minutes. You can't just be a couple of bojangles up here. 
being knuckleheads. I mean, bojangling around. Yeah, I do it a lot. We do do it at times, but it can't be everything. And, uh, I mean, it's really cool that we're hearing it from a DJ perspective because you're dealing with um, people, very emotional people, and it's live. That's right. And that's just a unique thing that we haven't yet fully immersed ourselves in. We've done it once, and we want to continue to do it again. But for people that are doing live shows, whether it's a DJ, stand-up comedy, singing, do you have any advice for those type of marketing interns? Um, yeah, I'd say, like, you always have to go in with a positive attitude, no matter, like, what you're doing. I could give, like, a, a couple examples uh, of just how a positive attitude like uh, can affect like the entire night and stuff like that. Um, one time I uh, had to DJ on like a Thursday night, and this was, uh, I believe, that towards the end of my junior year of college, and I had a 102 fever. And I had to go in there and play like the Thursday nights at Red, White, and Blues where I was are absolutely mobbed and I'm gonna have all these drunk people like screaming at me and I have like a fever like I've been in my bed the entire day I shouldn't be doing this but you can't uh hire a DJ in like two hours it doesn't really work that way so I had to go but I just like went in with like a positive attitude like I still had like a smile on my face and I still had pictures from that night and it was like super crazy even though like I felt like absolute garbage but it's just something you gotta like push through and uh, sometimes it's not going to be, like, super easy, but the positive attitude is everything. Also, I've had a time where a, a drunk girl came up and spilled uh, a drink all over my um, my DJ controller. And that's, like, that, that's like a 100% no-no. And if it were up to me, she needs to be carried out of the club immediately. But I can't say that to her. So, like, I'm just, like, like calm down. I, like, call over a bouncer. I'm just, like, please bring over towels. Let's, like, make this... Uh, like, I have to, like, keep a smile on my face, though, because I'm not about to scream at somebody and not get asked back. Because if, uh, like, if not only the club owner where I'm at sees that or a different club owner, they're not going to want me. You know what I'm saying? I still need to, like, be on my best behavior, if you will. Still have a good time, even though something tra- or devastating just happened to me. So, like, um, I got to, like, stay calm. But always, like, uh, I guess keeping a positive attitude to what you're doing is the most important. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a... Uh... That's a devastating story. I I would have done mm-hmm. something I would have regretted probably. We'll cut that. I definitely would. Right. <laughs> um, but how about you know you mentioned a good story. Are there any other stories that you're like, man, I got to put this out? Uh, I could tell a funny story. Um, Go for it. A uh, couple months ago, and so I say my main bar that I've. Uh, that I've made like my biggest name at is red, white, and blue. It's now called technically RWB in Milwaukee on third street. And, um, I play there. I have a monthly residency there. I'll play there the first Saturday of every month. Also the fifth Saturday, if there's five Saturdays. And so I play there once a month. I'll, um, whenever I go, the bartenders, like they, I'm not going to say they treat me like royalty, but they're always like celebrating when I'm there and stuff like that. And I go there with one of my high school friends who has never seen me DJ before. And I'm just like, you're in for it. Like, this is going to be a good time. And he's like, he's like, okay, whatever, man. And we're, uh, I, um, also, I have an opening DJ at the time. So I'm still, I just am having a drink off to the side, just like kind of watching the room fill up and stuff. And this group of girls walks in front of us. And one of them goes, like, I can hear her blatantly. She goes, that's, that's facts right there. And then one of the girls is like, no, it's not, that's not him. And, uh, 
and the other, and my buddy goes, don't you dare. And I was just like, I'm not going to do anything. And the girl, <laughs> and like, I could see them walking away, and the girl's like tugging her arm. She's like, that is Specs. And then, and then she turns around, and she comes up to me. She goes, okay, are you DJ Specs? And then I just look at my friend and give him a little wink, and I was like, yes, I am. It's nice to meet you. And she introduced herself, and he goes, I hate, I hate everything that is happening. Don't act like he's a famous person. I'm just like, dude, just let the girl like live out live out her uh, dreams right now. So I was just being a... I was just joking around, but it made me like blush so big. And he's like, "This and you haven't even DJed yet, and I already hate you, <laughs> dude." Oh, that is amazing, and that is something I that I want to one day say. I mean, are those, are those right? the boys from the back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, those are the boys from the back pocket. That's a rewarding oh, feeling. I'll listen to your content every I'll, I'll give you a shout out on the microphone for sure. Shout out the back pocket. Yes, that would that needs to happen. That's phenomenal. I was gonna ask you too, like, uh, um, like, do you when you're mixing your own stuff, do you? I mean, do you take a certain approach where you you listen to some like old song, you're like, oh man, I can make this into a DJ Specs remix, or are we, or like, what? Where are you at in terms of uh, your style? I should say. Um. Yeah, I like. I try to make it fun. I have like. I don't have. Uh. Like. I would like technically produce um, some. Uh, basic house music stuff with my buddy, but that's just not stuff I'm going to play at the bar because nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear my original songs. But the way I make it original, I still have, like, uh, the songs that I play. So every single night at Red, White, and Blue for, like, like, the last six months to a year, I played High School Musical Breaking Free every single night that I'm there. That, that's, become, that's become, like, my thing. So, like, I've, like, lately tried to, like, avoid playing it but like girls who girls and bartenders and guys who've seen me, they literally come up and they're like, "You better play the High School Musical song tonight. That's your thing." So I'm just like, "All right, fine." So, so that's kind of an identity that I've like given myself, and uh, everybody, I mean, everybody loves that song. I don't care how old you are. So mm-hmm. that's that's like a kind of an authentic thing of mine, and I don't know any other DJ who's done that. So, right on. Uh, I mean, that's a great. I mean, great song. We have to. We, yeah, have, to, we have to. We have to acknowledge it and be like, I, I am humble enough to admit that I, when it comes on, I will be singing full vocals because it's easy and it's another song that you know you grew up with and it means a lot to you at that time. You care about it. Right. <laughs> we all watched Disney Channel at one point, I think. Yeah, I can oh, I, confirm. I watched the countdown for that when High School Musical came out. I locked my door. I yeah. watched the countdown and. Uh, Gabriella and Troy just singing it up. It's confirmed on our end as well. That that whole album's platinum. I don't care oh if anyone god. wants to to we argue do that. A podcast on that. Yeah. Oh my god. We could definitely go through High School Musical one through three and where we you know where we stand. Of course. Yeah, those movies were literally hitting home like right when we were like hitting puberty and like growing up. So it was like very emotional appealing because we're like we're going through what this this knucklehead's going through on the screen like but at the same time it was the cheesiest crap available but let's also not forget that we weren't in high school at that time yet so we really didn't know what actual high school was so when you put it in musical format you're like damn i cannot wait to dance on the lunch tables like i'm stoked for that (laughs) Um, but let's, let's get to one of my favorite questions, our favorite questions. It's how we, uh, usually start a podcast, but with the marketing intern spotlight, we've tended to enjoy more getting into, um, the marketing intern itself before we get into our core questions. And this is a question you've heard many times. Uh, it's what is your average quality? All right. My, uh, I've been complicated or contemplating this for a couple weeks and it kind of just came to me. It's nothing about DJing. 
but uh, my average quality is a softball player because last night I played in a softball game and I laid out, made a made a great catch. The very next play, low roller goes right between my legs, and uh, I hit a double. Take two steps, pull my hamstring, and I'm sitting on an ice pack right now. So I'm the most average softball player that there is. That's money. I love that. I, uh, me and my high school buddies, when we would, when we all came back in the summer, we would do a high school league. Or like we would join a men's league. And That's what we're in. Yeah, it's it's so fun. But what sucks, or what I just, my average quality regarding softball or in baseball in general is I don't know how to run bases. Like, I can't figure it out. I don't know when to run, when not to run. Obviously, when you're on first, you got to, but like the whole tag off thing doesn't vibe with me. So, I struggled through it. I lost a lot of games for uh, for the Nads. That's what we call ourselves. So I lost a lot of, a lot of games because of that. So my, my uh, average quality within the softball realm is like probably like everyone's having fun and whatnot, and I'm that guy that's like chirping everyone, like trying to get under oh, people's man. skin. I'll play catcher just so I can like talk to the batter when he's coming up and like totally make fun of how he swings the bat or why he's not swinging at every pitch. Like, who cares if it's a ball, dude? You're playing softball league. Like, exactly. swinging everything. Why are you taking yeah. walks, you little All the guys out there are, are having, or they're just to have fun. So it's just, it's just a good, clean time. Maybe they have a couple beers in the dugout as well. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I despise the people who take walks in, in softball. Like, that's the softest move. Softest move. Yeah, you're there up to, you're there to swing. You know, we, we had uh, mentioned, you know, you, we, uh, you know we were going to ask the average quality. I wanted to... Um, you know, get your input because this is a, an, an interview for the people who listen to our podcast. And we haven't really asked this yet. Um, first off, thank you. We appreciate every listen that you've, you've given us. It's phenomenal. Thank you. Um, but what has been your favorite episode so far? Oh, um, if you're going to name quiz me right now, that's going to be tough. But it's the Just guy describe who, the person. Uh, who worked at the, um, the sports agency company. Are, are you with me? Yes, David Meltzer. That's right. That one. I listened to that when I was on the drive or long drive, so I listened to the whole thing on on the way, and it was it was incredible. This guy had so much to say, and he was definitely one of the most motivated people I've ever heard. Absolutely. I mean, I got hair standing up on my arms when we were talking to him, and we're, even right now, just thinking about it because that was out kicking our coverage to a whole magnitude. He's a person that is doing amazing things, and is the the thing that we didn't realize beforehand until he started speaking was how he's trying to impact ten people a day. And we totally fell in that category. Like right. we were ten, we were one of those ten people that day that he probably went more the actual, the more than he usually does sitting down with us for an hour. I mean, he probably doesn't do that with ten people every day, but that was the coolest experience. And now we're gonna head to his birthday party. Yeah. Um, actually, when we drop this podcast, it will be after. Um, so, so we would have already went to his birthday. Yes. So oh, it's okay. this Wednesday um, that we're doing it, and uh, we're stoked. It's gonna be a really cool experience. Wow. Best of luck. Gonna need it. Hey, well, love that uh, Dave was able to impact you. And it, another thing I wanted to touch on too was, um, you know, a little bit of failure. So we talk about failure and not so much in this in a negative connotation, but in a sense that it's an opportunity to grow. As a DJ, where have you failed and how have you responded? Um, man, that's that's a good question. It's tough. It's like, uh. As a DJ, I think it's like a bunch of little failures, like because there's no like, unless you start a fight or unless you like do something like completely outrageous. There's it's all like a bunch of little failures, 
So I'll I'll try to give an example. Uh, like whenever the the club owner says, "I want you to play this style of music because I want these type of people in here," but, but I blatantly disagree. And like I'll still play a couple of my own songs and stuff, and then that's when I like fail. It's like I'm supposed to. I'm not supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this as a business. I'm not supposed to do this just for me. So I'd sometimes like the ego will get to me, and I'll be like, "Come on, I really got to play Nicki Minaj." But at the same time, like I have to play. Uh, I have to play some like oldies and stuff. So like uh, that's something I've like gotten much better at. But like early on, I'm I was like. As soon as I got to like these big bars, I'm just like it's whatever I want the whole night, and that's that was like my biggest failure because it's not it's not about me unless like I'm I'm like uh, headlining at, at a festival, which I, I pray for, but right now that's not what it's about. It's about uh, the business itself, and so that was my biggest biggest failure early on was not recognizing that. And that's not the easiest thing to do by any means. I mean, we're struggling with it all the time. We hear a lot of our guests come on the show and struggle with that same thing. And it's, uh, it's something that you got to just keep in the back of your head. Like you have to listen to your audience and, uh, you have to recognize what they're looking for. Um, and then when they do ask for it, you have to be willing to uh, play around with it and make it your own style. But at the same time, you have to, uh, um, be deliver. deliver. Exactly. I love That's that. Right. And then, you know, kind of going off the, uh, the failure question, what is in your back pocket? So we started rolling this question out kind of recently it Andrew's pretty good at explaining it where it's you know you it's uh when pressure becomes stress and you really have to step up to the plate in a time where you know you're in a high um a high stress situation how what do you rely on like what mental aptitude do you rely on to uh to get the job done right um I could like a bit piggyback on like what I was saying about always being positive earlier but like always like if it's a stressful uh, situation, you even, that means you have to put in even more than, than you typically would, because uh, you got like you got people on your back like looking for looking at you to to like deliver, like you said. So giving them that positive vibe, but also like making sure they know that you are going above and beyond to like please everybody. And that's something that like I I tend to pride myself on, and that's something I work on every day. Not only it, DJing but like at my job and I also uh I coach youth football which I'll be going to here shortly and I like that's that's another thing like with 11 and 10 year olds you always have to be positive and show them that you care so much about them that you're giving more than they are so that's another thing uh that like I've just used that in every single aspect of my life Mm -hmm. being willing to elevate your game that's another attribute that just goes a long way and people recognize it right away that's another thing that you can play off like people will notice it and then you, they get they have more respect for you because you're like, all right, this is not something that should have happened. However, I'm ready and willing to just push forward and rise up to this occasion. Right. So that's awesome answer. Um, another question I kind of have regarding the DJ industry and kind of where you're heading with that is there um, someone that you look up to in this industry that you kind of seek advice or you look at him to kind of kind of how he has done it through his path? Yeah. Yeah. Um probably my best example is one of my good friends uh travis beckham he uh he used to play for the uh university of wisconsin he played tight end and then he played for the new york giants uh at tight end he won a super bowl with them uh, about eight years ago and but he busted his knee uh in the super bowl and it kind of ended his career 
So we moved back to Milwaukee, and now he's like one of the biggest DJs in Milwaukee. But we both started, uh, he started about six months before I did, so not like that long. And like, and when I started off at Red, Red and Blue at Pub Club, they're like, hey, um, Travis is going to mentor you. I was like, okay, I'm sure he's a nice dude. And I like look up, I'm like, oh, hey, are you, are you other DJ? He's like, yeah. I was like, you look kind of like tall. Don't you have to like bend over? No, I'm kidding. But he like taught me basically everything there is to know about about DJing in like bars and he was like still learning just like me so like we learn alongside of each other but I always look up to him both literally and figuratively and and he's always like whenever I go up to Milwaukee I text him first I'm like what are you doing he'll if he's not spinning which is kind of rare he'll come see me he'll uh he'll buy me a drink stuff like that but whenever I'm up there and I'm not spinning I do the same for him so like that's that's one guy that get up that I look look up to and I know he's always gonna have my back no matter what we do I love that. Like the mentorship is something mm-hmm. we preach a lot on this podcast. Having mentors is so important. Just having ones that, especially even being able being able to teach people as well, is just a great way to learn and grow. So phenomenal work That's on great. your end, Ryan. We will finish up with this final question: What did you learn today from the time you woke up till the time you're recording with us right now? Okay. Um. I'm going to pull a quote from a different podcast, actually, I listened to today. And it's a, a podcast called My Favorite DJ, No Free Ads. Um, and he, uh, he had this other DJ on who said, he, who said, if you are, no matter what you're doing, so this is not just for DJing, but no matter what you're doing, if you are in there just to get a check, you will fail. It may not be like today, it may not be tomorrow, but you will fail. If you're in there just for a check, you have to put your entire heart and soul into no matter what you're doing or else there's somebody else there who is going to do that. So, for example, um, like when I'm at at my nine to five job and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I'm only here to get paid. Like, that's how I started off as don't get me wrong, but that's how I feel like a lot of kids out of college start off as like they don't really know what they're doing. But now I'm like starting to learn. I'm starting to contribute, and I'm there like because I want the customer to like buy whatever we want or whatever we're selling, stuff like that. And as a DJ, I can't just be in there just like to press play, play those five famous songs, and then get my check and leave. I need to be in there uh, like showing showing every single bartender, every single club owner, and every single person in the crowd that I want to be there. And that I'm not there just to get paid. And that's one, that's one, something I pride myself on is because I, I would do this for free every day if I could, but I mean, that's not going to pay the bills. So sometimes you got to get paid, but I will like, I will accept gigs for free just because it's my favorite thing to do. And that's, that's uh, probably one of the most important parts about it. Phenomenal. Translates across every single job that you had. That's a great, great thing that you learned. And I know our marketing interns will take away that. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad we finally had you on our show. Really appreciate it, guys.